0: Welcome to For Your Success with Katie Horner, an inspiring program about overcoming the I'm Too Small mindset, redefining success, and growing your lifestyle business legacy without fear.
1: Hey, welcome back to another episode of the 4-Year Success Podcast, where we challenge the comparison mindset and teach you that you're never too small to have an influence, follow your dreams, or build a successful online business. I'm your host, Katie Horner, and today's episode is sponsored in part by The Blog Connection, a growing online community for women entrepreneurs. If you want to monetize your blog and create a stable income online, check out bloggingsuccessfully.com connection. Our guest today is Kyle Taylor from thepennyhoarder.com. The Penny Hoarder delivers unique money tips to millions of readers every day. Seriously, guys, this blog gets over 21 million monthly unique views. It's amazing. It's part of the Taylor Family Media Group, which is one of the fastest private media, com- fastest-growing private media companies in America. And their mission is to put more money in their readers' pockets by sharing inspirational stories from real people and practical tips anyone can use. They cover everything from couponing to cricket farming and all the wacky stuff in between. I know you're going to love this interview with Kyle Taylor today. Hang in there. Here we go. Welcome, Kyle. We're so excited to have you on the show today representing thepennyhoarder.com. Thank you,
0: Katie. It's great to be here.
1: Wonderful. Well, I'm just so impressed with your website and the whole media group that you've been able to build in such a short amount of time. Um, start off today by giving our listeners a, a little bit of your history, your story. How did you go from college student with a blog to business owner?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I um, I started school at the University of South Florida um, studying political science. And I, I, I thought what I wanted to do in life was I wanted to work at the White House. Uh, <laughs> and about a month into my first semester, I got an offer with uh, the AFL-CIO to go knock on doors and get out, votes, uh, get out voters for the 2004 election. And, and I thought, this is awesome. This is exactly what I want to be doing. Um, and so I started working on that campaign full time. And then when the election ended in November, I got a, um, offered to move to Texas um, to work on another campaign, um, a, a local campaign in Austin. And um, I was so excited. I thought, "Well, I'm, this is what I'm going to do all my, with my life." So I dropped out of school, and I for the next six or seven years, I went back and forth between working on campaigns and going to school. I the thing about both of those things is that you know campaigns are usually short lived. Mm-hmm. They last three or four months, um, and then you're out of a job. Right. <laughs> um, and so, you know, and then going back to school every now and then, I was racking up tons of debt. I was racking up um, student loan debt, credit card debt, and um, I was also trying to find um, ways to make money in between campaigns. Well, I, I never ended up finishing um, school, but at the end of this six or seven years, I kind of gotten burned out of being on the road all the time. And um, I had really was finding a knack for finding really um, interesting ways to, to save and make money. And so I thought, well, maybe it would be fun um, to just r- write about it um, as a way of sharing these ideas and also holding myself accountable to paying this thing off. I never thought it was going to be a business. <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it, was a, it was just a hobby. And I actually started at a, um, the spot because I, that was how unseriously I took it. So that was the, my first foray into blogging, and it was a, it was a hobby for the first two years. I would I would write for a couple of months, and then I would I, you know like a lot of bloggers, I might give it up for a little bit. I got tired of writing, and then I'd come back to it. And it wasn't uh, until two two and a half years in, I started to get a little bit of press. I got um, I got asked if I wanted to contribute a quote in Women's World Magazine. Uh uh-huh. I, I thought, well, how cool is that? <laughs> Somewhat, someone found my blog other than my mom. Um, that's pretty. That's pretty neat. Um, I thought maybe I have something here. Uh, and I'd always been very entrepreneurial, and so um, I started working on it full time. And I would do all my side gigs and side jobs on the nights and weekends to pay the bills. Uh huh. So Were how it you
1: monetizing started. at all up to this point?
0: Very little. I had some AdSense, um, you know, banner ads on there, but you know, I think it took me. Six months before I got my first check from Adsense.
1: Right, <laughs> me too. <laughs> you
0: know, it was a hundred dollars because that was the minimum payout.
1: Right. So how did it? How did you go from that then? Your your first press experience, and and then start monetizing. What was that
0: process like? So um, after I got that first hundred dollars, I thought to myself, "Well, if I can just multiply this by you know a million, <laughs> um, I might have something." Um, and so I started looking for uh, new ways to find readers. Um, one of the things that I invested in really early um, was e- was email, I, re- um, I had read how, how important it was to collect email subscribers, so um, I spent a lot of time um, trying to figure that out, and it, that became a very consistent traffic source for me. And then, um, you know, this is now four or five years ago still in, in time, um, Sponsored posts were pretty big, mm-hmm. and so that was as I started to get a little bit of a, an audience. That was a way that I started to uh, monetize the site. I would charge anywhere from a hundred to two hundred dollars,
1: um, and then I would write
0: a blog post on behalf of the client.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and I kept that up uh, for a couple of years. I would say uh, about four years into the site, those were my only two real sources of revenue. Um, and you know, the thing with sponsored posts is that you're limited based off of how fast you can write. <laughs> and I'm not a fast writer. In fact, sometimes it takes me the better part of a day to get a blog post out.
1: Right, and, and you have to do it all over again. Like once it's done, it's done. It's not a recurring income stream.
0: That's exactly right. And so I started looking for ways that I could really um, uh, more passively earn some income that wouldn't require my time every time I get a new client. And that's when I um, really got invested into, into affiliate marketing. And some of my, one of my early clients was um, Lending Club, which I think a lot of your listeners know is a, a peer-to-peer uh, lending service. And I signed up um, as an affiliate, and I started writing articles, optimizing them for SEO. And that was really when it hit me, oh, this is like a set it and forget it thing. Not, not forget it, but like once I get a post that's ranked really well in SEO, it's going to bring in some continual revenue for the rest of my life, right. hopefully. Right. And then I, um, that started to snowball, um, I started to get more and more clients, and I started to really fall in love with the sales side of blogging. I loved getting on sales calls, I loved meeting clients, and I found myself writing less and less for the site, and I knew that at this point it had gotten to a point where you know, I couldn't do it all on my own, I, was, I couldn't write and be the salesman.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That's when I found um, this company called Social X's which is a blog management company and they had uh, a team of freelance journalists and writers on staff and we, we hit it off right away and we found a good pool of freelancers that could write for the site on a regular basis mm-hmm. and this is now 20, um, 2014, mid-2014. I completely, so you about,
1: about four years in.
0: Yeah, I completely stepped out of the blog, I, um, I stopped writing for the site Uh, And they took care of all of the writing, um, updating social media and so forth. And I focused just on the business side. Hmm. And that, that I know, is is a little, you know, is a a difficult um, transition because readers get used to you. Right? Right? (laughs) They get used to your voice and um, bringing in other writers is really hard. Um, And I had tried and failed several times um, in that first four years to bring in freelancers and it didn't work. But I mm-hmm. finally found um, a group you know of three or four folks that really could replicate what I was doing and and also add their own experiences.
1: that mm-hmm. uh, brought that same passion to it.
0: it that's exactly right, and it also allowed me the freedom to start thinking about my blog not as a blog but as a business mm-hmm. and that, that was a real um, transformation for me because all of a sudden. Um, I had time to start strategizing about new, new ways to grow it mm-hmm. and um, I still at this point didn't ever think I'd have a staff or an office but <laughs> <laughs> um, it's certainly when revenues and page views started to accelerate.
1: Right. That's really interesting that you say that. Talk a little bit more about that mind shift from, from blog to business. Yeah, what, was, I, what was really key there for that shift to be successful for you?
0: I think we all do that to some extent. We think, you know, and oftentimes bloggers we're sharing our own personal stories. We're sharing, uh, sometimes it's very intimate. Um, I, in my case, I was sharing how much debt I had. <laughs> mm-hmm. and all the dumb things I did to get in debt. Um, and so it, it just naturally feels like a personal space, like a diary. Mm-hmm. Um, bringing on, pushing myself to bring on help I think was really what helped me change my mindset because now all of a sudden not only were other voices on the site, but it forced me to start thinking about you know how to make a, a payroll in some senses, even though it was a freelancer, how to, how to make that work and how to budget. And, um, I, I started very quickly uh, not just thinking about my story, but thinking about each of the folks that were on my team and and the messages that they were sending to our readers.
1: Wow, and did any of your did any of those freelancers at that point have a blog of their own?
0: Yeah, a few of them did actually, um, and a few of them are now on our team and still have a blog.
1: <laughs> That's really cool to be able to empower someone else to to spread their influence further by a lot. You know, they've got their own site, but they're also working for you and. And just being able to, to get that message out further—that's that's awesome. When exactly. you were when you were just getting started, or maybe just just getting into that transition, a lot of our guests um, have started the business, you know, with a, with business in mind, like they wanted to make money. But you are kind of coming at it from a different background, where it started as a hobby and transitioned into business. So right. as you're transitioning, talk about some of those moments when you might have felt like oh, is this going to work? Or um, maybe there was some opposition that was hard to get around. We really want to encourage our our listeners that are in that hard spot. Um, Do you have anything like that that you could share with us?
0: I have several. (laughs) I still have them. I... You know, as the business grew, my goals changed. So at, at the beginning, it, like you say, it was a hobby, and then, and then it became about I wonder if I can make enough money to pay my rent, and then, um, mm-hmm. and then I, I very, very succinctly remember the first month I made five thousand dollars from my blog, and I started, you know, I started doing that math in my head like we all do. Like if I could just replicate this again next month, here, here's what I could do with it, and I realized in that moment. I was telling myself that's all I was good for. I was good for earning up to five thousand dollars. That was I was putting this little limitation on myself. It was mm. it was subconscious, but I was saying to myself, if I can just earn five thousand dollars a month the rest of the year, I'll be set. <laughs> and I still I still struggle with this today about continually raising expectations of myself and telling myself that no, I, I, my real goal should be to make ten thousand dollars next month or fifty thousand dollars. Um, and now even when now we're in the millions and I still I look at, um, you know, BuzzFeed uh, doing $250 million in revenue. And I, I have to I have to stop myself and say, yes, you can do that, too, um, because it's really easy to tell yourself no,
1: Right. Right. Those all of those those little thoughts that keep coming into your head. And what do you think you're doing? And you'll never do it. Or, or the comparison the comparison that gets us. Right. Uh,
0: it's, it's so true and then and then like any business there have been setbacks. Um, I remember um, a few years in I, I still to this don't know day don't know why it happened but my Adsense account got banned and that's how yeah. I made a, a lot of my money. Uh-huh. And I remember wake, waking up logging into my account like I did every morning to see how much I had made the day before and um, I got this message that said sorry you, you've been banned there's there's no resolution. No, I, I, that that was a moment because I, I had almost two thousand dollars in that account and that that was rent and food for me mm-hmm. um, and so that that was a very tough moment where I had to um, really confront the idea of whether I could continue blogging and it took me it took me a couple of weeks um, to get past it I remember um, finding some um, you know consoling with some friends and you um, um, Taking some some time to really think whether whether I wanted to continue down this path, um, and there were two things that kind of got me through that. One was uh, just this i uh, this idea that my parents instilled for me from early ages. I'm sure you can relate, like this idea of grit and not giving up. That kind of my parents were in the back of my head saying, "Don't don't let this set back." <laughs> oh, and then the, the other side of this, and I don't mean to sound cheesy, but I, I had started to get just hundreds of emails and letters o- over those couple of years from readers saying that they had found a job because of something I had written or they had mm-hmm. um, taken, taken some advice and, and you know, helped them with their savings. Um, and that has that to this day been such an impactful um, uh, experience and something that keeps me going. My, my job, the busier, the more employees we get, the busier I get, the more hours I work, but that, that is what uh, keeps me excited to come in here every day, and it's what got me through that moment.
1: Wow, and it's a good listen for those of us who do benefit from the writings or the services of others to take that time when, when it's impressed upon us to send a sh- quick note of thank you, um, because it does mean so much to the person on the other end.
0: I think sometimes um, we underestimate how powerful our platforms are. You, even when you're just, you know, 10, 20 readers a day, um, your your experiences there's a reason people are reading um, your blog. It's because they relate to what you're saying. Um, I, I still to this day have uh, um, blogs. I read I read um, money saving mom, mm-hmm. even though I'm not mom. <laughs> Um, but I've always been so inspired by um, her goal setting, and she shares her goals openly with her readers. And I've never met her in my entire life. I've never—I've actually never told anyone this. But I, I, it's every week I read her goals, and I think to myself, "Man, she's badass. I could do more." <laughs> <laughs> and it, it pushes me to do more. And I think we all have that—that that, um, impact on our readers.
1: Yes, yes, and and Crystal is very much just as inspiring in person. <laughs>
0: I'm sure she is. <laughs> yes,
1: yes, that's that's so true. Is there anyone else that's been a big inspiration to you?
0: Well, other other um, now that I'm sort of transitioned to into a a, a more formal CEO role, um, we now have um, over fifty employees, and we think we'll be um, at at um, over a hundred employees by the end of this year. I have started to look up to um, other CEOs, even though I haven't necessarily met them. And a couple that stand out for me, one would be Howard Schultz of Starbucks. I've always been so inspired at how he puts culture at the forefront of his companies and how, how much people at, at Starbucks enjoy working uh, working there. Mm-hmm. And I've tried to take a lot of that advice and how we um, uh, created benefits for the company and the, our working environment and the opportunities we create for our employees. Uh, he's been a huge inspiration to me.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, and the ways that they reach out, too, the ways that... They get involved with the community. Starbucks has sponsored some of our uh, Florida bloggers events.
0: Um, oh, wow. Wonderful.
1: So, yeah, I, I agree with you there. That's that's really great. Now, you're talking about expanding your company. Uh, tell us a little bit more about where that's going for you this year.
0: Oh, sure. Yeah, we're, we're excited. We, um, our, our feet are on the gas, so to speak. <laughs> um, so... Out of our 50 employees, I would say about 35 of them are content creators. So writers, editors, uh, folks that contribute to social media. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other 15 are uh, either on the business side or HR or, or PR. Um, and so our, our goal is to double both of those next year. Mm. Um, we want to create a whole lot more content and a whole lot more quality content. So we're, we're investing heavily into, um, into video this year. And we'll have um, we'll have several videographers in the field actually interviewing um, the people we feature on the site, so that you can so that our readers can hopefully make even more of a connection uh, with with our stories. Um, and then on the business side, we're we're hoping to keep uh, keep growing there too. That's obviously needed. Um, so we're going to we're going to expand um, our, our sales team um, and some of our ad operations folks.
1: Wow, that's great. So for our listeners, if you think you would like to work with The Penny Hoarder, um, I encourage you to go to com slash careers and check out the uh, specific positions that they're hiring for this year. might be something there for you. Great. Well, uh, Kyle, we just have a few minutes left. What advice would you give to others who may be struggling with that transition from hobby to business or who may just be struggling in general with the whole entrepreneurial idea?
0: I think you have to um, have an honest assessment with yourself about why you're struggling. Um, In my case and in a lot of entrepreneur cases, I think it's fear. Uh, I know I've I've been scared at every level to (laughs) move to the next level. Uh, hiring my first employee is probably the scariest thing I've ever
1: done. <laughs> right. <laughs> um,
0: and I think a lot of times um, we hold ourselves back from that because, you know, we look at we look at other people that are doing it and we think we can never do it. Um, and that, what I always like to think about is, you know, people, people that we admire, like Mark Zuckerberg, he didn't know how to be a CEO of tens of thousands of employees. Um, you know, uh, Bill Gates didn't know anything about um, marketing a product uh, when, when he started Windows. I, those are things you learn along the way and, and you just have to push past your own fear.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, push past your own fear. And so what would you say then is your definition of success?
0: Well, for me, I, I, I want to have an impact on the world. And this goes back to what I was saying before. Um, I, I want to know that you know, when I leave this earth that I've contributed something, I've made it better in some way. Um, and I think that's, uh, that's the true definition of success. Wow.
1: And there you have it folks. Definition of success is making a lasting impact on the world that you are allowed to influence. Thank you so much, Kyle, for being with us. Encourage all of our guests to go over and visit thepennyhoarder.com. Subscribe. Check out what they have to offer. If you're looking for um, some sort of a, a, a job with an online business, uh, check out what they have this year at uh, pennyhoarder.com slash careers. And Kyle, we are very grateful for the time that you shared with us and, and your inspiration today.
0: Thank you so much for having me.
1: Hey. Are you craving an online business that allows you to do what you love with the freedom to earn money from anywhere? Or maybe you've already started with a blog and you're not sure what to do next, or your blog isn't earning the income that you want it to do. I invite you to check out our Blog Connection Membership. No matter where you are in your journey, we're going to combine education and community with the experience of a professional coach to get you on the road to success in your business. You may feel lonely and isolated. You can join our group and get help anytime. You don't know what to do? Check out our training library of resources or book a call with your coach. You need an expert on speed dial and that's what you're going to get when you join the blog connection. Check us out at bloggingsuccessfully.com slash connection and get connected for success today.
0: Thanks for listening to the For Your Success Podcast with Katie Horner, presented by bloggingsuccessfully.com. For show notes and links to the resources mentioned in today's episode, visit www.foryoursuccesspodcast.com.
1: you've been so caught up in figuring out how to market your business the quote right way, you found yourself overwhelmed and your dream a little muddied. What if a simple mindset reset could help you realign your vision, refine your expectations, and revive that dream for your business. I'm Katie Horner, author of The Flamingo Advantage, and for two decades, I've been teaching business owners just like you how to make your business and marketing decisions with faith, with clarity, and with purpose, empowering God's people to live out their best worship through the business. My framework teaches how to realign your mindset and your business practices with God's word so that you no longer operate in fear or lack of criticism, but in confidence and powerful intention I'd love to invite you to grab a free copy of my book, Just Pay Shipping, at FreeFlamingoBook.com. You, my friend, have an advantage, and your uniqueness helps you live out God's purpose for you in the world. FreeFlamingoBook.com.